You're listening to Forever Garnet and Black with Dakota and Matt. Are you feeling optimistic, Matt? Of course I'm optimistic. It's Gamecock football. <laughs> We're getting excited. It's Gamecock football right around the corner. We're nine days out here. It's August 24th. First game's going to be in Charlotte against NC State in uh, Bank of America Stadium. This is Dakota Watson, Matt Cather here back with Forever Garnet and Black with Dakota and Matt. And we're getting a little, uh, we're getting a little antsy. We're getting a little excited. So we're going to do another another football podcast for you guys. We're going to break down the schedule. We're going to give you what we think the Gamecock football team can do this year against a, a pretty, uh, pretty tough schedule. It looks like overall, especially the back half. Back half's lo- looking a little tough for us. Well, I think it's very, I think it's a very tough schedule personally. Um, and I think the thing that we need to make sure we don't is overlook anybody this year because we have a couple. Uh, lesser opponents that are not so much a lesser opponent, in my opinion. There's a lot of tough games, except for, I'll go ahead and say, except for Wofford on the schedule is the only one that really stands out as maybe a shoo-in game, you know. The rest of them, I totally agree with you. You've got, well, to start off with, ranked opponents, you've got four of them as preseason ranked teams, five in Clemson, 15 in Georgia, 17 in Florida, 25 in Tennessee. And you got NC State sitting right exactly. there on the right. outside. And in the, in the lower 30s is what yeah. I've seen, right about 32, 33 for Absolutely. NC State. And that's where they start, and we'll go ahead and start with that game. <clears throat> South Carolina versus NC State, a lot of hype building around this one. It's going to be uh, a Saturday game, which is rare. We usually play on Thursdays the last few years, I feel like. But Yeah, absolutely. Um We'll see how that plays out. I've been kind of enjoying opening the college football season on Thursday. I thought it was pretty special. But at the same time, I'm really looking forward to the Saturday game. It gives me an opportunity, a better chance of getting out there to watch it. Um, but Bank of America Stadium's uh, treated us well so far. We'll see how that, if we can continue that trend. So with NC State, I think right off the bat, we talked about this previously with our defensive breakdown in our other podcast, but right off the bat, the South Carolina defensive line and offensive line, both the hog mollies, I guess, on either side, are going to be tested against this NC State team because they have a phenomenal defensive line coming back. Uh, a couple guys with almost right at double-digit sacks, I believe, who are coming back for them. Yeah, you got Chubb that's coming back, of course. It, my thing is, is you look at it, and yeah, absolutely. This is a big game right off the bat. One, because of quality of opponent. I mean, if you get that non-conference win, it goes you. that'll take you very far right off the bat. Secondly, more importantly, like you said, we're going to be tested right off the bat. We're going to know you know, we're going to get a good idea where this offensive line stands right, right from the get-go, which it'll be interesting to see. That's the one thing I'm going to be looking at right off the bat. It's a huge test for that offensive line for the Gamecocks, and I think that if they perform well and the Carolina ends up getting this win and, and the offensive line's a main reason for that, that could go a long way the rest of their season. That could This could really be a really nice, not really even warm-up, because like I said, you're getting tested hard off the bat, but for lack of a better word, warm-up for this SEC <coughs> schedule. Yeah, Because I mean, uh, you're going to face quality defensive linemen, obviously, the entire way through the SEC, and the NC State defensive line is just as good, if not better, of some of those SEC teams. Oh, no question about it. I mean, you're, if you look at it across the board, really, I mean, you could almost argue that they, they might be the best defensive line you'll face all year. Obviously, being in the SEC, being in the quality opponents that SEC springs with Florida, with Georgia, Tennessee, you know, those type of defense linemen, it's going to be real test throughout the season. And then on the offensive side of things for NC State, that is, uh, Ryan Finley again comes back. He had over 3,000 passing yards last year, 18 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, a really solid year for Ryan Finley at NC State. And he's got some decent weapons to throw through. Throw to Jalen Samuels, uh, 
I guess Stephen Lewis is the other one. Those both both those guys over 500 yards both coming back this coming year here. So their offense is going to be good, and it's and it's going to be tough to stop in the in the uh, defensive backfield. But it's going to be tested again right off the bat as well for the Gamecocks. I mean, you know, you couldn't. That's what right off the bat. NC State, it's not an easy game. Obviously, there's talent all across the board. Finley, you know, you're looking at him. He he's quite possibly, he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks we're going to face all year. There's no question Certainly about that. Certainly one of the best ACC quarterbacks returning. Oh, without without a Top doubt. Top five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the and ACC's got a lot of good quarterbacks right now. So that that says something to him. Um, with you know Lamar Jackson just to headline them all. So I think you know if you can. If you can win this game, it's such a big confidence builder because of, because of just those alone, those uh, ideas alone, where you get the defense line of being t- you know facing one of the better defense lines in the country and being tested right off the bat, facing a, a veteran quarterback that in his you know in his own backyard or really you know I mean not, Raleigh's not too far off and I mean I guess it's not you know I guess you look at it Charlotte's not too far from Columbia as well so it, you know we'll meet them halfway but. Um, in the home state, I expect a solid year for him, a big year for him, and hopefully, you know, for NC State's sake, they found a new kicker, if anything. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so NC State, that's going to be, like we said, I, you were talking about trap games. I don't consider this a trap game whatsoever because you don't overlook a team like this. I think South Carolina knows how good this team is. While they aren't ranked and while they're not a huge school name, I guess you could say, with mm-hmm. NC State. It's, at the same time, people respect this team, and they've earned the respect over the years of being a really difficult team to play. Listen, anybody consider this a trap game is a fool. This is not – This is not. it's more tra- than that. Th- this, is a, this is a quality opponent. This is a test it's, from yeah, week one. From right off the bat. This is, it reminds me of when we played UNC two years ago, you know, coming out right off not the – Not a top game. 25 team, but certainly right on the cusp. Was, and, of course, <laughs> UNC that year only lost to us, and that was it. Yes, 11 games. Broke off 11 games in a row after that, um, which is <laughs> – we pretty much ruined their season, essentially, you know. Uh, but Marquise Williams, I mean, like, you got – and another situation where you got a solid guy that was going to – a quarterback that was coming in and knew he was going to have a big year, and just like we expect with Ryan Finley. So, All right, we're going to head over now to the next game. It's going to be uh, after that NC State game. Well, first off, what do you think? Win or loss with that one? I think we go to win. You know, Bank of America, I think we do good. I, I've, so far, the beginning of the season, it's really treated us well. The season over is treated us well, and I really like where we're going. I think, I think we come out hot. Aside from that Texas A&M blowout a few years back, the Gamecocks yes. have historically done really well in season openers, uh, even with these tough games like this. So You know, and we'll just say I guess they play better on the road and on a neutral site rather than at home. I'll, t- I'll take the opener. win. Yeah, I agree. I'll take the win as well in week one, but I, I, I'm not saying gonna that be, with a ridiculous amount of confidence. I, it's going to be a good, tough game. I think that game is the winner. The last person that has the ball last wins that game. Okay, fair. I like it. Jake Bentley going to be pressured uh, early and often in that one. Maybe and just maybe another, all the way down the wire. Uh, you know, maybe another game-winning kick to win it. All know. right, 55-yarder? Just uh, like last oh, year. that's a little too much for me, but let's go a little shorter, but we'll I like see. it. <laughs> let's head to week two. It'll be September 9th, and that one's going to be a night game on ESPN2. By the way, the first one's going to be carried on ESPN uh, at 3 p.m. on Saturday, September 2nd. The next week will be September 9th against Missouri in Columbia, but Columbia, Missouri, uh, at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. The lesser Columbia. Right, exactly. Uh, again, this is a team that on paper, if you look at their win-losses and you look at what they've done recent in recent history, you, you're not overly scared by them. Then you break it down and you look at that offense, and then you start getting a little nervous. Yeah, they've I mean, got Drew Locke returning at quarterback. Ish Witter, I believe, is returning at running back. You got, you got uh, Moore on the outside, and really some talented. Well, Crockett, Crockett is a big one. That's what you got to worry about. Um, you know, 
he's going to be the one that's really going to come in, him and more. Over 1,000 yards Crockett did on the you ground, really, and Moore had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. You literally got a three-headed monster with those. You know, two big time targets, uh, which he can catch the football in the backfield. I mean, listen, it, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen in the first game. I, I, like I said, I predicted a win. But they better be ready to turn right back around because going into Columbia, I know we looked fair – Bear the well last year, and Drew Locke was throwing water bottles or, get, or drinking, you know, whatever. I do remember that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I expect us to take care of business in this game, too, and I expect to win. But going into Columbia, Missouri, facing a team that's starting a season, you know, that could have come out. I expect, honestly, the Missouri have a decent season. Just because they played bad last year does not mean anything, and I expect them to turn it around and have a better season, maybe back in a bowl. I that. Yeah, I'd really have to break. Question. That's not out of the question. I'd had to break down their schedule, really right. get a good look at it, um, but and see who their non-conference games are. Uh, but <laughs> this is not. This is a trap game. This could be more of the trap game. I, I agree. And I, th- I think. And just for reference, <laughs> South Carolina did win that game thirty-one twenty-one at home last year against Missouri. But I agree with your assessment <clears throat> about the trap game because you lose that first game against NC State, it's not the end of the world by any means. For two reasons, everybody knows NC State is a quality opponent, and two, it's not an SEC game. Yeah. And, and this it's one, a tough game. This one is, game. is more difficult, in my opinion, because if you lose to Missouri, people don't respect that team as much. Let's be, mm. let's be frank about it. They just don't this year. Even though they have big numbers coming back offensively, they aren't expected to win a ton of football games. So you lose that first SEC Pe- game to Missouri, it's, gonna, it's probably going to put a stain on the record right off, right off the start Listen, there. people are going to be rather nervous if, if, we, if we dropped that game. Be- or if, you know, if we start off – see, if they start off the season 0-2 going into K- – Coming back home, going into the Kentucky game, where we've struggled in the past couple of years, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be a little, little nervous uh, heads around here in Columbia, but I, I don't expect that. Um, worst case scenario, I think we go one and one into the Kentucky game. You think that's worst case scenario? Because I could easily see the Gamecocks dropping both. Oh well, worst case scenario is zero and two, but I, I guess I should say. <laughs> Most what I think the scenario is gonna. I think the most my, likely because, situation. You think yes, because what I well more. I, what reason I say worst case scenario is because I put it this way. I, I think that because of what we got going into the season, I expect them to win one of those games. So, <laughs> I know that doesn't make kind of any sense, but I'm I'm predicting and I'm saying these boys will win at least one game. And if they so, do you're drop, taking the loss against Missouri then. Is that what you're saying? Since yeah. you took the win against No, I'm NC saying State? that would be that's what I'm saying. I expect them to go start two and zero, maybe three and zero. But I mean, the worst case is they drop one of those game, one of those two games. Gotcha. I could be wrong though, completely. So again, I'll go first. I think. Well, did you say Missouri is a win? Is that what you're taking? Yes, I think we start two and zero right off the bat. I'm going to agree with you, and again, I couldn't be less confident about it. I know that sounds terrible, but I think both those both of those teams are really quality teams. NC State and Missouri both have really good offenses with proven returning quarterbacks, which is really important in the beginning of the season. Uh, when you're starting off, but also NC State's got a good defensive line, as we said. One thing I you got to see either one slipping up. One thing you got to worry about is just with Missouri. That's a tough spot to go play. Um, that's why I get a little nervous. If anything, those fans get up. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a, a night game, night game in, in Mizzou on ESPN two. Come on, what what more reason do you have to get up? Oh no, they'll be ready. Yeah, I'm sure, especially if they can pull off a victory uh, in the first week against yeah. NC State. But we'll go ahead and move on now. So we both have them at two and zero. I'm not confident about it. I'm sure you're not 100% confident with those either, but we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're sticking with it. We're going to move on to the third week. It'll I'm be, optimistic, like I said. Right. First home game of the year will be uh, versus Kentucky at 730 on SEC Network is yeah. what they have so far. And, again, this is a team who, on paper, 
you're not overly scared about as far as win-loss records for Kentucky. They're not historically a great football school, but everybody keeps saying maybe this will be the year that Kentucky you know, does a lot better. It looks like they're going to be a lot better. The preseason looks great. They've said that for a few years in a row now, and three years in a row they've beaten South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So there's no need to look past this one if you're a Gamecocks fan, player, coach, whatever it is, because the the, the last three years the Gamecocks haven't pulled out against uh, a good, a pretty good Kentucky team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kentucky's been pretty consistent over the last couple of years. We're winning like six, at least getting to bowl games, you know, six games or so. Um, for me, you know, this is the game I really wanted, the games I marked down because I, I want that. You got to you gotta win this game this year. Um, this is the game. Kentucky's had our number lately. Um, it's, it's, like you said, I mean, in my opinion, they're not that good of a football team. I agree with you, and I think especially with the winning this game this year, I think this is a huge game in the season no matter what you start. If you start 2-0 and and you drop this game, people are going to be upset and start murmuring. If yes. you go if you go 1-1 one and in the first two games and drop this one, people will be you're, really ticked you're off. You're really going to be in And if trouble. you're 0-2 and you don't win this game, then then it's going to – I think people are going to blow up. Um, You know, I – if you go zero and three to start off the season, we're in some serious. But couldn't you trouble. see it happening? Oh no! Yes, absolutely, and that's why I said from the beginning because this is extremely. I don't care what anybody said. This is a very tough schedule. Um, I mean, you're playing in the SECs. Your non-conference game include Clemson, NC State, and Louisiana Tech and Wofford. Come on. That's, pretty tough t- schedule. that's as tough as it gets. You're playing a nat- defending national champion, a team that should have beat Clemson in their own at their own place last year. Let's be real, and then to top it off, a, a high potent offense in Louisiana Tech that consistently performs. Um, Produced a four thousand yard passer that this past year, but we'll get to that in a second. But back to Kentucky, they have a quarterback in Stephen Johnson, again a pretty proven guy. Last yeah. year as a junior, over two thousand <clears> yards. <throat> he came in uh, out of JUCO, so this will be his last year. Uh, but again, a fairly proven guy. Completed <clears throat> almost fifty-five percent of his passes. They don't. They they aren't a team who throws the ball around the yard. If uh, you can, had, if you can stop Snell, yeah, exactly. That's, you're, you're gonna you're gonna win. You this read football my mind. Game. That's where I was going next. Last yeah. year, between Boom Williams and Benjamin Snell Jr., they had two guys over a thousand yards rushing, and both averaged at least five point nine yards a carry. Yeah. And they both had almost the exact same number of touches from the backfield. I mean, so they, those two are phenomenal. And again, Boom Williams is gone, but Brent, Benjamin Snell, who now will have an increased workload, could be really phenomenal this year. He could be knocking on fifteen hundred, in my opinion. Thirteen touchdowns last year. I mean, he had a final. He's a freshman. He had a great year. They gassed just throughout that game. We could not stop the run, and and that's what it's going to come down to. Kentucky's going to be: can you stop the run, and can you? Stop them from converting on third downs. That's how they win. That's if, how you make. That's how you put a solid team together. You I'm, chip away and you and you convert on third downs on those third and shorts. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and this is this is maybe a reach, but I think if you get Benjamin Snell total about 300 touches, I think he gets over 1500 yards, because last year sure. he had just he had right at 200 total touches. And, uh, again, that's with Boom Williams with uh, almost the exact same amount of touches. So I think if you get Benjamin Snell 300 total, which, again, is a lot of carries, but this is a team who doesn't throw the ball a lot, a ton, uh, only 200 and about, almost right at 300 attempts last year passing. I think I think 100% he'll be knocking on that door. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and why wouldn't you? you got a great running back. You run him, and, and if, if – the offense he averaged line. six yards of carry last year. I mean, what does that do you? That gets you all the way down the field. <laughs> that, that scores touchdowns, you know. If you're gonna even five point five or like the fact that you if you can go over five yards of carry, that's just incredible. I mean, in college you can usually do it a little bit better. You know, that's why the numbers a little bit higher, obviously. But still, that I, I you know I expect to win. 
I expect because I know for a fact that Williams Bryce Stadium will be rocking that night. First home game. I'm. It is unfortunate that it's our first home game. You know, we go on the road to first two, but hey, I think the Gamecocks come out and start right off the bat three zero. I'm gonna take it with you. I'm gonna take three zero, and it's funny this, thinking we'll about it. We'll finally beat them. We'll beat them this year. Okay. I think this is the year that Gamecocks get over that hump. It's funny thinking about it. If you had asked me before we started this. Are you going to say Gamecocks start 3-0? No, I'd say absolutely not. I don't think so. I think they drop one of those. But when I break it down game by game, I think the Gamecocks do have an edge over each of these opponents individually. Yes. But can they put it together collectively three weeks in a row? That's, that's the that's, question. I would go out on a limb and even say I might shock a lot of people with saying this. I think out of those three games to start off the season, Kentucky's the easiest. You think so? Yes. Yeah, and I think, and I think a lot of people who are listening right now, because we have millions of listeners, I think a lot of people who are listening are thinking, hmm, Interesting, because that's what we've done the past three years: is say, "Ah, oh, it's Kentucky, we'll beat them." Yeah. So that's that could be the problem. Maybe that's how that maybe that's how Gamecock fans and Gamecock players are looking at it. Like, well, well I think a lot we have the edge, we'll beat them. I think a lot of people are really assuming Missouri ain't gonna be much this year. I think Missouri's gonna be better, maybe be better in Kentucky. That's it's both both of them are. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks, but moving on, you know. So we'll we see. we both have at three zero. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah. That's again. I couldn't be less confident. We're moving on to week four here. Uh, let's go to. Louisiana Tech, it'll be a home game. Uh, it's September 23rd. Again, times for the rest of these games haven't been announced yet, just the first three. But Louisiana Tech, and this is the team we were talking about, their quarterback, who is no longer here, is Ryan. it was Ryan Higgins last year, had 4,600 yards last year, 41 touchdowns. Yes. I don't care who your opponent is. Uh, he, he completed 66% of his passes last year. Uh, he was a phenomenal quarterback. Again, probably lesser opponents. But anytime you can put up forty six hundred yards passing, you you've you've got my attention. Look, I, I've keep in touch with a lot of teams in college football, and I've watched Louisiana Tech play a lot, honestly. And that's a good football team. They've been good for years. They're always when this this offense is going to come in, and they're going to be ready. You talk about trap games. This is by far the biggest. Well, that's what I said. The non conference schedule is ridiculous. People do not understand. A lot of people don't know anything about Louisiana Tech. This is not a pushover game. This is not a pushover game. It reminds me of, uh, well, you know, unfortunately UCF had a down year that year, but like in UCF when they came in, I mean, we struggled that game. We had a bad, wasn't the greatest team, but I, I don't, I guess that was a okay impar- comparison. But you know, if you were worried about like them, this is a even more dangerous opponent. I expect them to win. I expect them to take care of business at home. You got four and zero. I got him 4-0, man. Man, so do I, and I like don't even believe myself. Is that well, bad? I'm trying to talk myself into it. I think I to myself, I believe it's 4-0. I think overall there will be a drop game in one of those. That's exactly it's what just, I was saying. It's yeah. just hard to – Exactly what I was saying. I, I'm just a little bit – I may be a little bit biased, but I, I, when you look at it, it really is close, and I really do think we have the potential and probably, the, in my opinion, the better teams in all these games, in all these games, but – it's all about putting it together, like right. I said. What I was saying is, individually, I think they could easily start out 4-0 against each of these teams. I think they're better than each of these teams as a whole. What I don't know is if the Gamecocks can collectively beat these pretty quality teams four weeks in a row. That's going to be the challenge. Now, my first loss will come at Kyle Field against Texas A&M. And that's the next week, September 30th. Uh, it's at Texas A&M in College Station, and that's your first loss. First loss. I think that's going to be a very tough game. Again, you're, the reason I don't want to chalk it up immediately as a loss on paper, at least, is because you, you lose Trevor Knight as your quarterback. He came from Oklahoma, played big only loss. one year at A&M, so that is a big loss for sure. 
Uh, it's gonna. It looks like the starter is probably gonna be. They haven't even named a starter yet, so they're not sure. This is just me speculating. But it well, looks like you, Jake Hubenek. Hubenek. I'm not yeah. sure even how you say it, quite frankly. But when um, you got Seals Jones and and Speedy Noyle and them boys still there, I mean, there's so much talent on the outside for Texas A&M. I think Speedy Noyle's gone. Actually, I believe he got drafted last year, which is yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll check on it for you. But um, that could be that could be big time for. That'd be a big time loss for him. I mean, they've true. been getting receivers out the wazoo the past couple of years, so I'm not gonna be uh, too worried about it. They've been seemingly picking up the top five recruits almost every other year, so I mean, somebody's gonna step up, and AM is a problem. Speedy Noel did get drafted, or he didn't get drafted. Excuse me, no. he did go to the NFL no, did. Um, this past year, and he just got released or put on waivers by the um, Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> So again, he's probably not too happy with himself that he did go early. Well, but yeah, he went a year Seals early. Jones, he would be, he would have been Kirk. a senior. Seals Jones, Kirk. But they've got a lot of, of talent returning. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I know they had a group of like four studs. They do. They and definitely they lost do. one There's, or two of them. Yeah. Whoever the starter is at quarterback, and I'm saying I think it's probably going to be Hubenek. Uh, he's going to have plenty of people to hand the ball off to or throw it to. Yeah, for that, sure. And being at Kyle Field, one of the biggest stadiums in college football, top ten to be exact. Uh, you've got, yep. You've I think got that'll be our first loss. Trevion Williams coming in at running back, a little over a thousand yards back for only his second year. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a ton of talent. A lot of talent. There. Maybe maybe some question marks on the defense, but uh, and at quarterback, unproven quarterback for sure, only less than three hundred total yards last year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but a highly recruited one. Um, so right, I think uh, so. That's really the only we'll question see. I have. But besides that, I I agree with you. I think the Gamecocks, no matter how they start those first four games, I think they go ahead and lose this game to, to Texas A&M. So so far, we both have four and one. We're on the hmm. same track. Um, we'll head over to Arkansas now, and then I think we'll probably cut this one short and do a first half, second half podcast for you. But um, as far as Arkansas goes, this is a team who, speaking of proven quarterbacks, Austin Allen is one of the best in the SEC coming back. 3,400 yards last year, 25 touchdowns, and the kid can sling it. And Arkansas has always had quarterbacks like that. You go going back to Ryan Mallett, even if not too long ago, but I think Austin Allen is scary, and he really makes me nervous. Personally, I think Austin Allen is probably the best quarterback in the SEC. Oh, that's really yes. over the over the SEC Player of the Year last year in Jalen Hurts. Yes. Okay. I, um, best pure passer, I guess I should say. Maybe least. maybe that's where you want to go with that yeah. best pocket passer. Yeah, there's a lot of really quality quarterbacks this year in the SEC. There, but a lot of well, a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys. A lot of let's be real. I'm I'm gonna I love Jake Bentley, but he's still kind of unproven. Yeah, seven seven first, yeah, starts. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Easton's the same way. I mean, so Drew Lock uh, and Austin Allen are probably the two guys you look at who are I believe both seniors. And they're coming back off of successful years last year with both over yeah. three thousand yards. Those are kind of the two pocket passer guys you look at. And you know, Vandy, of course, you got uh, Shermer, I believe. Yeah, Shermer, who's not too bad himself. Um, Florida's got a disaster, and the, they don't, you know, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> we but we'll definitely get to we'll that. get to that. That's a whole other ta- situation. But for me, I think Austin Allen's a huge problem, a huge problem, and um, with that's why this game's might be the hardest game for me to call all year. Um, personally, losing Raleigh Williams, huge, big for our, uh, big for us, horrible for Arkansas. But I pointed this out. I talked, told you this earlier. Um, if there's there's one college, one of the few colleges in uh, in co- in football that uh, is pretty much has a guaranteed star running back every year that just shows out. You know, you can go back all the way back to Darren McFadden, the 
the Felix Jones days to the Niles Davis to, you know, there's just been year after year you have running backs. So, um, Arkansas and Alabama seemingly the two schools that yeah. just replace people at running yeah. back year after year. So, I, totally I mean, you know, Raleigh Williams, huge, huge loss. Do not, do not. 1,300 deny yards last year. Probably you could have, would have came in and probably been the, uh, the you know, beside maybe Geis is the best. Uh, Bo Scarborough maybe. I like Geis a little bit more. Okay, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of well, there's some great running backs in the SEC. As yeah, always, there, there's phenomenal. Every 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 team in the SEC pretty much has a star running back. Let's be able to look at it. Um, you know, you can even get through Ralph Webb in that situation and stuff. So there's so many people. I mean, um, but I expect that game to be tough. It is in Columbia on October seventh. Um, what do you think, man? I'm actually going to go ahead and take the loss on this one as well, even though it is at home. That's I'm going to take that one as the first home loss of the year for South Carolina. And I think partially the reason I'm doing that is because I started South Carolina 4-0 with the other four, the previous yeah. four out of the five winning. So, four so out you're five. balancing out the yeah, record? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing, actually. Not, maybe not maybe not confident we'll lose that game, just having to balance out the record Yeah, I'm not bit. chalking up as a 100% loss. Yeah. I think Arkansas is a beatable team. And, and really, I put that entire game against Arkansas – against the four or five main guys in the defensive backfield that, that are going to start for the Gamecocks. I think uh, this Arkansas game could be, like, the pivotal point of the season. You think it's a big turner? I think, like, you know, you win this game and, like, you win this game, and I think the confidence is – depending on what you did uh, in the last couple – in the last – but if I'm going by what I think, um, the chance to maybe start 5-1 and one, Four and two would be very good as well, um, and that's what I have. Yeah, and that's what you have. Um, I'm gonna, you know, probably take Arkansas as well. Okay, but at the same time, actually, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna okay. flip it. Wow, Be- Look at that. I-, I flip it because I think the following we got at Tennessee next, so I- I- we'll get into that a little bit more. So I think that plays into me a little bit more. Um, going to Neyland's always tough, uh, even after even after that great win last year here in Columbia, but. I- I'm going to go with home field. I really think Willie B is going to be quite a tough environment to play in this year. So you're going to take 5-1 and one to start out? Yeah. Oh, you don't look confident. If you guys could see his face right now, oh, it's rough. But, <laughs> well, um, you know. Again, like I said, I'm going to put I'm that optimistic, game, like I'm, I said. <laughs> I'm going to put that game on Rashad Fenton, Jamarcus King, um, the safeties, Chris LeMond, and I believe uh, a couple other guys. Jamais Williams is going to be big in that game as well, coming in as a freshman. I'm sure he'll, he'll then have almost a full or half of a season, excuse me, under his belt. So I think it's going to be on those guys, and if they can stop Austin Allen and the defensive line can get pressure, and that's probably going to be what a lot of these games end up being. Yeah, 100%, man. If but, we can protect the quarterback, open up holes, and we can get pressure on the quarterback itself. Right. Something where we struggled doing last year. If we could do that this year, this team is a whole nother, a whole nother animal. So right at the halfway mark, I've got South Carolina four and two, going four and zero to start, then dropping at Texas A&M and against Arkansas at home. Uh, Matt here has four and zero to start, and then dropping one at Texas A&M, but then beating Arkansas at home with a comeback victory to start the season five and one. Boy, wouldn't Columbia be just electric at five and one, or even four and two, really, to we start off hyped. this year? That being said, that second half of that schedule is quite quite tough. The second half is is daunting to say the least. So mm. that's why I think Gamecock fans, there's there's more pressure on the team from a Gamecock fan perspective, to do well in that first half because the second half, wins might be few and far between. you got to make a count early and often. Um, and that's why that NC State game is it's pivotal. I mean, and more importantly, like I said, if you it is the one game you can afford to drop, but when you go right into SEC play right after that at Missouri against Kentucky, I mean, 
that's 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 tough as it gets, man. That's tough as it gets, really. So if you can get a couple wins right off the bat, um, that's huge because you're going to need it later on in the season. So that's actually going to wrap this podcast up for us, guys. We're going to just have a first half of the season breakdown on the schedule, and then within moments we'll have another one popped up to do the second half for you guys well, as well. Be right around the corner. That's right. Uh, like we like we mentioned, just a little tease, a little more daunting second half schedule. Matt has seen Gamecocks going five and one to start the year for the first six games. I've got them at four and two. Both of those, I think, Gamecock fans would take. Absolutely. Um, but either way, it's going to be a tough schedule all the way through. We'll get you the second half here. Uh, momentarily, but this has been another episode of Forever Garnet and Black with Dakota and Matt. Dakota Watson here with Matt Cather. Thanks for listening, guys.